0: On this episode of Dick on the Daily, we have an interview with Senator John C. Fremont. We talk about everything from Vice President Andrew Yang to what a possible contested convention could look like this summer. This is Dick on the Daily, Season 4, Premiere. Let's get after it. You Welcome, everyone, to the season four premiere of Dick on the Daily. I'm your host, the king of pain and resident war <laughs> criminal, also an, an abuser of the young, Dick Cheney. Uh, we have a very... Special episode with uh, independent Democrat, according to his Twitter bio, uh, former senator and Republican presidential nominee uh, John C. Fremont. We, as I just said, we talk about everything from the possibility of a vice president Andrew Yang to what a contested convention in July could look like, to what the re- to what the results of South Carolina would mean for the future. Uh, we have all we have all of that and more right now. Welcome back, everyone. We've got uh, former Senator John C. Fremont here. So, uh, how are you, John?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just looking through the headlines recently. Things look like they're about to get exciting. I'd ask Yes, it, it
0: does look like uh, that now uh, what uh relevance do uh, you think that iowa and new and uh new hampshire will have to the to the uh final results of the democratic primary
1: i uh this has been some my a view i've held for a decent amount of time now but i really think that iowa and new hampshire aren't going to have much bearing on who the nominee is i feel like uh The first time Iowa was important was 1976, back when Jimmy Carter won Iowa. And I feel like the results of both Iowa and New Hampshire are just overblown. They've had a very good few years where, by coincidence, whoever wins them wins the nomination. But I feel like even if they do have a large sway normally, we're in such a large field of candidates at this point that, say, if a big candidate like... uh, Say if Joe Biden dropped out next week, or if Pete Buttigieg dropped out tomorrow, uh, there would be such a, hopefully, there would be such a large power vacuum that the states would have no influence on what was going on. So I think Iowa and New Hampshire were just sort of a coin toss. Yeah,
0: and um, I have thought this way for a long time, that every single thing that that happens in Modern times or as in Like 2019 to 2020 In the future We cannot base what we do now Off of what happened 5, 10 or 20 years ago Because it's just so Different
1: Absolutely
0: Yeah so uh, What uh, What do you think about M- Mike Bloomberg Uh Taking that uh, Sort of the spot that Biden held which is that uh, He is the best to beat Trump and not Biden
1: uh, I, I wouldn't say That he's taken the best spot I mean uh, Biden had his own Problems with uh, race On the debate stage but I think Bloomberg's Got a lot more of a uh, Problem than Biden so I think Biden's still in command of the Moderate vote in one way or another Of defeating Trump But I do think what we're seeing is kind of concerning with Bloomberg. I mean, I have no problems with him. Personally, I agree with many of his policies. I mean, he's just your basic saccharine and sugar uh, moderate. He's just trying to appeal to normal, everyday people, mostly people who don't know what's going on. So I think that while he probably has taken a few digs at Biden's votes and he is concerning seeing someone being able to buy their way through the election, I don't think he'll have a very big hand in making or breaking the Biden campaign. I think he's mostly just a character in political theater currently.
0: Yeah, but I, but I uh, think towards the end of this primary process, he is going to rise out of the shadows. Um, I think Super Tuesday would be is going to be very big for him. Um, but I think at the end, how I mean, how it's almost been, it'll be a three or four-way contested convention. You'll have Bernie, you'll have Biden, you'll have, uh, or and you'll have uh, Bloomberg mm-hmm, in definitely. that final ar- arena, and that is going to be something special to watch.
1: I've been for months now. Just I haven't been talking about it on twitter since i have only gotten more vocals last week or two now but uh, i've been telling people in my private life for months so we're heading towards a brokered convention i had full confidence in uh joe joe biden a few months ago back when i met him back in a city nearby me at a rally and he was very strong at the time i mean about as strong as he could have gotten but i think joe slipping And Bernie seeing these victories in Iowa, New Hampshire and Bloomberg just being this powerhouse that can't be taken down by a criticism. I think I agree with you wholeheartedly. We're going to see a convention just like in 1976 or just like in 1980, where you have a small list of candidates, most likely Bernie, Biden and Bloomberg in that order. A rogue's gallery of sorts who are sitting at the convention with the super delegates sort of willing what's going to happen. I think it's going to be something special, of course, like you said, but I think it's going to be one of the more important political revolutions, if you will, of the more recent years.
0: Yeah. So in uh, 1980, it was Ted Kennedy and uh, Jimmy Carter, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, and now, this is the, now, now this is really the only moderate, f- or, I mean, m- modern frame of reference that we have. It was an episode of Veep, that's a show on yes. HBO. Yeah, Um, like, the, uh, nom- the, in the final episode, there was a brokered convention. So, I mean, that um, like that's really the only idea for that we we could get for uh, July. But yeah. I mean, part of me th- and there, and I've been saying this for the last few weeks now, that the Democratic Party has a question to answer. Do they want to mobilize the base? Which I mean, I really think that by mobilizing the base, they nominate Sanders and he yeah. has a one term and then he and then a red wave sweeps in nationally up and down the ballot or we nominate someone like Biden or Bloomberg who who've had their troubles might not get all the young people out but they will get out the 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 vote every year trump republicans mm-hmm. and moderates and, th- and that will go for an up and down the ballot blue victory and i think the the second option is the most important it's like absolutely it's like when you see a product like an iphone like and you see it a week before black friday and you say like hey i really want this iphone now but if i wait a week it's i i i can get it for even less money it's kind of like that thinking
1: it's like the, the progressive movement can decide if they want to try now and potentially fail or if they want to go with someone safe, a safer ticket uh, and wait for eight more years and then run their progressive.
0: Yeah, because if, if Joe Biden would pick a Stacey Abrams or an Andrew Yang or a yeah. and, uh, Andrew Gillum or a Kamala Harris as his VP, then I mean, that, that that would be a great step or that would be a great sort yes. of representative in, in between the old and the new Democratic Party.
1: I've been advocating for, uh, even before Yang dropped out, I supported Yang for about a month. I was fully into him and Biden was my second choice. And even then I had been thinking in the back of my head, I believe in Andrew. I think he can make it. But in the event he doesn't, I think the best ticket would be a Biden and Yang ticket just because with Biden, you appeal to the older base of the Democratic Party. All the events I've gone to for him, it's older people who are like, oh, I voted for him in 1976 or whatever in the Senate, or I voted for him in his last primary. And you get the momentum and uh, futurism of Andrew Yang where you can pull up pulling young and old alike along with some trump voters i think that we could potentially sweep states we thought were never even winnable but it's it's majorly right now it's in the air i believe
0: yeah i mean that would be a hell of a ticket that would be yeah and uh i met both yang and klobuchar at a democrat at a state democratic party event mm-hmm. and yang was the one that or it was uh, Steyer, Pete. Uh, there was Tim. There was Tim Ryan, and there was uh, Klobuchar and Yang. Every and out of everyone there, and and I'm saying this, up, um, objectively, Yang made the most sense. He, yeah, especially the the issues that uh, that Ohio and other m- Midwestern states are facing. He really yeah. hi- highlighted those.
1: Huh. I remember going to... This is right when I got into Yang. This is the event that got me into him. I went to an event at a coffee shop with uh, my grandmother, close family member. And I went in kind of as a novelty. I was like, oh, this Yang guy, I see him on TV. He's he's a character. I'll go see him just for, just for laughs and such. And I get into the coffee shop, and it's not too crowded at first. They're still waiting for him to show up. This is probably coffee shops probably I'd say 20 by 100 feet maybe it's not big at all it's like your average storefront property around where I live smaller business and uh, five minutes go by people start coming in Uh, ten minutes come by uh, we're getting pretty packed and uh, before we showed up they had announced that they uh, had reached capacity on the waiting list that they didn't want people to show up because there were too many people Right before Andrew walked in, there were people lined up outside the door to see the event. And I did just a quick headcount. And I think there was probably 175, 200 uh, people there around to see him. And I compared that to when I went to go see Joe Biden down at a, a big conference center in my town. And I remember Joe did have a lot of people. Joe had people who supported him, but I had never seen anything like the Yang event so yeah. many people were there, just excited to see him, not even to meet him or shake his hand. So many people just excited to come out and get a glimpse of him and hear what he had to say. And I walked out of there, and I just sort of nodded my head and said, I get it. I get why people are going for him.
0: Yeah, and uh, my grandma, yeah, she she's, she's sort of my gateway into politics. Mm-hmm. She uh, held elected office for like 19 years as a democrat so nice yeah uh yeah she uh, lost her uh el- she lost her uh election by uh 52 votes Aww. yeah that uh, was a stinger but uh yeah she uh she's supporting bloomberg now but uh after we uh, went to go see yang she uh really liked him
1: mm-hmm. i i had the same thing like i said i brought my grandmother to the yang event because she's a Biden supporter. She's never voted in any election, and I was the one who got her into these sorts of things, into politics. We walked out, and she goes, he'd be a great vice president. And uh, she supported him along with me, did calling and texting for Yang up until he dropped out. And it's been interesting seeing how Yang, uh, even in my personal family, and especially just online, Yang has mobilized people who... Young and old alike just never cared about politics until now, and I think if we want to sweep 2020, if we want to retake the Senate or the ha- or keep the House, whatever we want to do, I think Yang has to be a part of that plan because just with the recent snafus, with the Yang campaign breaking up, regrouping, and now the Yang gang is stronger than ever it seems, yeah. I think they're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. We need to find something mm-hmm. that includes them.
0: Now, if Yang is not involved in this in any way, or I see, I think his ideal political future would be either being the VP nominee or he would be publicly promised a cabinet position. Mm-hmm. And then in 2022, he uh, primaries Chuck Schumer in the Senate race. Mm,
1: that'd be, that'd be good. I thought, I, I have to agree with you on VP or cabinet but I always saw a third path for him, which a lot of Yank supporters are just saying, just wait till 2024. But the other one I saw that was interesting was uh, the run for New York mayor because uh, de Blasio will be retiring next year. There's only two or three candidates in that race right now, and uh, one of them is a former brigadier general. I can't remember her name currently. But I think uh, if vice president or cabinet doesn't work out, which I hope it does for Yang. I could definitely see him running for mayor of New York or for the Senate in New York eventually. I think yeah. he's got big aspirations. Yeah,
0: he does. And I mean, but see, I don't I don't think a big city like New York is where his talents would be best used. I think it's mm-hmm. in like yeah, p- spots around the country, which National. I mean, I think yeah, uh I think Secretary of Commerce or Vice President would be where he, where he'd be able to shine?
1: Absolutely. And right. uh,
0: then, I mean, a, a lot of people want the Dems to nominate a woman as their vice president. Ah. But I mean, that's I mean that's the catch. But I mean, Yang is a minority, so I mean,
1: <laughs> you, He's you'd on. have a r-
0: r- record set there anyway.
1: I think definitely Yang should, at the very least, like you said, be considered for some sort of office, whether it's in the cabinet or if they just let him become some sort of organizer of some sort. But as I said earlier, I think Yang is one of those people a lot like uh, a little bit like Mayor Pete. I'd say Yang has much more of a say in things just due to his he's a very large crowd that is unique to him. I'd say he's just like a few other candidates in the race where if we want to build an effective coalition. Yang's one of those people you got to cut in big time.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean as as we've said, I mean I think I don't I don't know if it's right to say he's our only hope, but he's a pretty big <laughs>
1: he's he's a big bet for many
0: yeah. people. But and I mean but Bernie, I mean he's I mean he he would be too much of a risk he that, could mobilize the base but then i mean in tw- in 2024 or even 2022 because in 2010 the uh r- republicans they absolutely swept nationwide office
1: because obama made leftist promises I know. that weren't realistic
0: which and that's not I a mean, knock to him if we if we were to do that and we'd get absolutely trounced we in 2022 we'd lose the house we'd fall into an even deeper hole in the senate i mean absolutely that just wouldn't be good and i mean and everyone thinks that the democrats have never held a big majority in the senate back in i think 2006 we had a 57 <laughs> 41 majority so i mean I think even just to get a 51-49, which I think would be the most realistic thing, because I, I think we'll get Susan Collins seat and we'll get uh, Corey Gardner's seat and we'll get, um, uh, there were a f- couple more I thought I uh-huh.
1: had his seat out in for. Arizona. Mark Kelly oh, yeah. is running for it. He's against.
0: He, uh, Mick McSally. Martha McSally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he's uh, m- yeah, just he's amazing and i and i and i'm really betting that we get uh west virginia too
1: mm-hmm.
0: cuz uh, they have a great guy uh richard ojeda who's like the essence of a
1: guy Oyeda. from the south
0: oh oh i don't know how to say his I, name i don't know
1: how to say it i just know him cuz he was one of the first dems to run for president and yes, 30 seconds was. later he was like nah
0: yeah he dropped out and like January of last year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean when I first heard of him I thought he was a Republican just because he had that accent and you know Mm -hmm. yeah so I uh, the that bombshell story that I was talking about uh, is that uh, there is a movement among Republicans in South Carolina to vote for Bernie Sanders in the primary and the reason the first reason that this is possible is because uh there's open. an there's something yeah it's open so and since there's all this talk about south carolina being biden's last hope which i i would say it it's I agree. It's, it's either going to be this the start of the start forum or the start of the end forum mm-hmm. um that they are going to like if they they're trying to start a mass a mass movement to vote for Bernie Sanders.
1: I I'm gonna get I'm gonna cut you straight. I'm gonna give you my honest opinion here. I don't have very much faith in uh, in a Republican effort to try and nominate Bernie Sanders, especially in South Carolina. This isn't a knock to Sanders or his campaign personally, but just from what I've seen, I mean, South Carolina, very very diverse state, of course. Uh, down south, obviously, but I mean, it's in the name, but. I'd say that while there are a small group of Republicans who are going to be willing to go out and gun for Bernie, that way they can attempt to win the general. From what I've seen in South Carolina, and I do not live there, mind you, but just from what I've seen online and from what I've heard from some friends who are in high school Democrats, to me it's looking as if more Republicans are going to cross lines to vote for Biden. Because while there is going to be a minority of Republicans who are going to take the critical thinking to sit down and gather people and be like, hey, if we nominate Bernie, we might get an easy election. We might not. But I think they are outnumbered significantly by Republicans who are thinking, by God, if this Bernie guy gets in, we're done for. And I think there are going to be enough Republicans scared of a Bernie presidency to help uh, boost Biden past the post, along with his uh, very large support with African Americans,
0: yeah, um he and uh, a notable endorsement that Joe Biden has is the mayor of uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, that that would really be a good scare tactic for republicans i mean it's one like do you not like how your party's being run now but imagine if our whole country gets taken over by a socialist so i'm or a democratic socialist but yeah and did uh, you see the tape that or those tapes of him uh commenting uh moscow and like some well like he was talking about their uh so there are subway systems in the city. Yes,
1: I saw it yeah. earlier today. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say that there's been I want to take a moment, because I'm uh, largely critical of Sanders not as a person, but just policy wise. Uh, like I said, I don't want to knock him or his campaign, but uh, there are some times I want to take a moment to defend him because there are some times where things are blown out of proportion, whether it's by his supporters or by people who are just so rabidly anti-Bernie that it's not even funny uh the way i saw the video of him talking about moscow and the soviet union and their really good transportation system was people claiming that he was praising the soviet union as a nation which i just don't think is true but i think it's actually good that we have a candidate in here who has a history of looking at uh countries that we may not even like talking to or we may have a rivalry with And is willing to say, "Well, we can adopt some of that."
0: Yeah, I agree totally. Now, now, realistically, what do you think will happen if we get, or if uh, Sanders wins the nomination?
1: This is a bit of a tough question, but I mean, I once again, I'm gonna cut it straight to you. I believe that if Bernie Sanders wins the nomination there is going to be not a walk out of the convention, but there is going to be this sort of last hurrah of the Biden campaign. And uh, not necessarily Bloomberg, but there will be sort of a sense from both of those sides that we're not coming out for this election. You can carry this on your own. I think that nominating Sanders would be like nominating George Wallace in 1976. Yeah, I think it's, for many people, it is appealing. But there is also a very silent majority of people, including myself, who simply believe that now is not the time. I think Sanders' time was four years ago because four years ago we could have easily won with Bernie oh, Sanders. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. Right. And I mean, I mean, yeah. And I think that whole thing with uh, Wasserman Schultz and uh, Donna in uh, Donna, Brazil. I mean, I think that was just horrible. I mean. Mm-hmm he could have easily guided us to victory, but no.
1: Yes. Uh, I think Bernie's campaign, even if I don't agree with it, uh, and even if... I I do like Bernie Sanders as a person, and I do see a lot of the points they're trying to make, but I simply believe, feasibly, it's one of those things I want to look at objectively, where I keep my opinion out of it. But I look at... uh, I live in rural Illinois. I live near uh, the Quad Cities, a big group of very diverse cities in Illinois and Iowa. I yeah. look at the signs there. There are quite a few Bernie signs, uh, of course. I mean, he comes yeah. through Davenport every once in a while. But there's also an alarming amount of people who are supporting people like Tulsi Gabbard, who I don't think would show up, perhaps. And there's That's, also
0: that the is scary.
1: thought of the uh, the... Well, if we can't win mentality, which I think is a very big issue in this campaign, because I think there are multiple campaigns like Bernie Sanders. I trust many of his supporters to come out and vote for the nominee, whoever it is. I trust many supporters.
0: That is something that I sort of doubt.
1: Mm -hmm. I I can see. I can see why you would say that, though.
0: Yeah. Or it's it's not an issue about they would vote for Trump. It's just not. Yes. As you said, not they would come out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But like I said, I have confidence in the Sanders or the Buttigieg uh, campaigns. I think that those people will come out and vote, regardless of who the nominee is. You hear stuff all the time, Bernie or Bust. I think that is the vocal minority of his campaign. But if you look at campaigns like Biden's campaign, where I've seen Biden supporters up close and personal, I've volunteered for the campaign, and I only speak from my own experience here. But there's many people in Biden's camp who are older voters, I think is something that no one can dispute. There are also a lot of Southern African-American voters, people in places like Virginia, North Carolina. There's people in places like Arizona who are willing to come out for Joe Biden. Yeah. And I think if you fail to nominate Biden or someone like him, say Bloomberg, I think that you're gonna see uh, voter suppression, not deliberate, on either side but because of the way things are currently I think you'll see people in the Biden camp who are older just say I guess I'm not voting this year because of a Bernie Sanders candidacy and that's in no way his fault it's just the way people are in America
0: yeah that 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 just would be way too risky to to uh, to, uh risk an, another four years no, I mean yeah so is there a Anything else that uh, you've got for this episode?
1: Uh, not much that comes to mind, but I just wanted to take a moment and remind people just generally, uh, regardless of who the nominee is, uh, regardless of how the primaries come down to it, I think that the big message of this primary season, this election is we, after this, we should all go home, regardless of who wins the election, and we should just chill out for a while just because of how fiery this, uh, like I said, I called it a political revolution earlier. This movement has been this last year or so. Yes, exactly. Regardless of who you're supporting, uh, defend them as clearly or as vehemently as you wish. But at the end of the day, and after November, January 20th, when January 21st hits, I think we should all, regardless of our allegiances, kind of, take sit down for a minute and take a rest for a while
0: see that's something that i don't know if that's not going to work if trump is reelected elected mm-hmm. but i mean yeah if if joe biden gets in then yes that's yep. what we should all do just let things kind of calm down and then i'm i i would love to see uh anyone's first um action be or in to be supporting through executive order or executive order or through the in congress a uh a, a gun reform mm-hmm. resolution because i mean i because i think that would be a great start to the next presidency
1: I, I'm a bit different than many people because, uh, like you and many others, want the first action of the presidency to be some form of bill signing or an executive order. Uh, I have to kind of break away from the idea of instant action. The thing I'd want to see, regardless of who wins, even if it even if it is Donald Trump, God forbid, I'd just like a simple televised uh, presidential speech trying to tell people that it's okay, that things are going to be fine. Even if it's Donald Trump who has to do it, I think that whoever wins needs to put in the effort after all of this fighting and screaming of the last few months to try and unite the country. And I think as soon as you have someone who is willing to do that, then we can get started on gun reform or immigration or whatever the next president decides to do.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a great idea so on that so on that uh so on that uh a serene note uh thank you for being on and uh i hope to have Mm -hmm. you back on soon
1: Uh, thank you for having me it was a joy coming on
0: Uh, all all right yeah
1: you have a good night now
0: thanks you too bye